Hello, everybody. My name is Ben Schluter, and welcome back to Chalk Talk, a series in which I interview guests from around the world of NCAA gymnastics. Today's guest is a junior at Brown University from Haverhill, Massachusetts. She's a business economics major minoring in entrepreneurship, three-time USAC first-team All-American, and four-time first-team All-GEC honoree. Please welcome Julia Bedell. Hello, Julia. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thank you so much for having me on today, Ben. Yes, thank you for uh, being willing to do this. So let's start with you. Um, when did you get into gymnastics and why? So I got into gymnastics super early. I didn't start doing competitive gymnastics until I was about like seven or eight years old. But I was put into gymnastics when I was two and a half years old. And it was just kind of like mommy and me classes. But my mom wanted a place to put me to like get rid of my energy because I was a very energetic child. And I think it was very draining for her. So she just kind of put me in gymnastics lessons to kind of get rid of some of my energy. So I'd actually sleep at night and stop bothering her. And I guess it just stuck from there. So um, you mentioned getting into that competitive. So at what point did you or someone else realize, hey, you're actually pretty good at this? Um, I had a... So there's this program in um, gymnastics. It's called TOPS. I'm not sure what the acronym stands for, but it's basically like a conditioning, like... Um, kind of group for gymnasts that are under the age of 10 and it's just kind of like a strength testing like convention thing that you go to every year and I was put into this group um with one of my coaches from my old club gym it was my the gym was called legends it was in like Andover Massachusetts um and my coach I had just done this tops program up until the age that I was 10 and I think I don't know she just really believed in me um that I could progress further with the sport and it was more than just like a fun hobby. And yeah, she just kind of coached me all throughout um, my younger years in gymnastics. And then I actually ended up switching club gyms when I got to level eight. And then I stayed at that gym for the rest of my gymnastics career until college. Hmm. So um, then how did your recruiting process start? Yeah, my recruiting process started when I was, I'd say eighth grade. And this was before they switched the rules. So now they kind of have this rule where you can't be, um, you can't verbally commit to any college before, like, I think the beginning of your junior year of high school, which I think is actually a really good rule that they implemented because it didn't make sense. When I was going through the recruiting process, I fully had teammates that were committing to, like, these huge schools in eighth grade. And it's just so unrealistic because you're not going to get the same gymnast that you're committing to your school when they're, like, 14 years old versus when they're 18 through 22 when you have them at college with you so and also I think it makes it really hard um for the opportunities to stay open for other people because it's so tight because they only I think most colleges like on average take about four gymnasts every year so I started in eighth grade I just reached out to a handful of schools um and then I really started looking into colleges my freshman year going into sophomore year so I had gone to nationals my yeah, I went to nationals my freshman year, um, and then I had reached out to all the coaches after that. And one of my teammates actually went to Brown, and the co- the coach at the time from Brown had gone to my club gym and watched my teammate practice because she was committed already. And apparently, she had seen me practicing because Brown was one of the schools that I had reached out to when I sent my like initial round of just like introduction emails to a handful of schools that I was interested in. And I also knew that the Ivy League recruitment process was a little bit later for sports, but I still wanted to just kind of like get my name out there. Long story short, 
um december of my sophomore year i i got really lucky i feel like my recruitment process was very expedited compared to a handful of my other teammates and just like how the process normally goes in general but um the coach from brown had actually offered me a verbal commitment in december of my sophomore year and she had said that she had seen me practicing at the gym when she went to see my other teammate that was already committed and um she was interested in offering a verbal commitment at that point which was abnormally early for an ivy league but I kind of felt this pressure that I wasn't sure if I was going to get an offer from another school um, in a similar caliber. So I just kind of took it. And thankfully, it paid off. I love it here. But it was definitely kind of a shot in the dark. And maybe it was a little bit rushed, but it all worked out for the best. Who else did you reach out to, by the way? Yeah, so I reached out to Brown, UPenn, possibly Yale. I also reached out to UNC, but they were also they were full. Um, already, like when I reached out in eighth grade, they were like already full. So that was off the table. I think I reached out to like Stanford. I'm noticing a common theme of academics. Mm-hmm. Yes. So like, was that a big part of what you were looking for when you were looking at schools? Definitely. Um, when I grew up, my family always prioritized academics and this in turn made me value it very highly. And I knew that for college, I did want to push myself and try to go to a very like academically rigorous school. And I kind of wanted to use gymnastics as a springboard to get me there, I guess, pun intended. But I kind of, I know that some people view college as like, oh, I want to be like a division one athlete. Like that is like the main takeaway that I want to get from my college experience. Whereas I kind of flipped it and I wanted to use gymnastics to be able to get me into a school that had really great academics so I could kind of set myself up for like a more successful like path post-grad and everything so I definitely sorry about that no you're good go ahead no please finish because I know you were saying something way better (laughs) you're good um yeah basically just knew that I wanted to push myself academically and that um a handful of the schools that I was reaching out to could probably set me up for a successful future outside of college and outside of gymnastics did you end up visiting anywhere um, before committing to Brown? Like, did you visit Brown or? I did not. And that probably was one of my, like, could have been one of my biggest mistakes. Um, I know that COVID kind of messed up a lot of recruitment for people because it prevented people from being able to travel and attend camps and really get a feel for, like, the culture of the team and everything. Um but I got lucky. I, I love it here. It worked out fine, but I definitely should have visited the campus and looked into it a little bit more. I think I just felt really pressured by my club coach and just like the situation at hand that this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. Like you need to take this. Like you don't really have any time to consider any other options because it could be wiped off the table any second, you know? Yeah. And you mentioned something about the Ivy recruitment process. And I actually... Like when I was talking to the person uh, that I did from Cornell, whose name escapes me right now, and I feel so bad for that. I actually didn't hear about this. Um, so you said this a little bit later. Can you go a little bit more into this? Yeah. So I think it's more on time now that they pass that new NCAA rule. So this new NCAA rule basically makes it so like no athlete can verbally commit to any co- Division One college. Um before I think they start their junior year, which kind of pushes everything back a bit. So for Ivies, normally these commitments happen at earliest beginning of junior year and can kind of like trickle down into like even up to the summer into your senior year. 
uh, you could still be having commits roll in for these Ivy Leagues. I'm not sure the exact reasoning why it's delayed, but I just know that that's like a typical pattern amongst the Ivy Leagues that they do recruit and commit people later than normal colleges do. I have a feeling it could be due to the whole, they're Ivy League schools and they have some pretty high academic standards and they yes. need people need to meet those and those may not be hammered out until around that time. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so you're a student at Brown. What's that like? I am. Oh, what is that like? Um, I really love the culture at Brown and I think the people are really what make it here for me. I kind of had this like mini crisis my freshman year because so I'm studying business economics and entrepreneurship, as you had mentioned in the beginning of this. But in reality, that really is like a majority of economics with maybe a sprinkle of business entrepreneurship. Um, And I struggled with that a lot my freshman year because they originally had this other program that was more geared towards business and entrepreneurship and um, organizational management, what I was more interested in. But they had gotten rid of it before I came. So I kind of was floundering a little bit my freshman year trying to find something that I really wanted to pursue here. Um, So if I'm going to be totally honest, it's like under in my undergraduate degree, like it's it's great. Like I'm excited to get it. But I'm not like super, super passionate about like what I'm currently studying. I guess that's what I'll leave grad school for if I do end up wanting to pursue that. But um, the reason that I kind of like carried myself through my freshman year, kind of got through that whole miniature crisis was the people. First of all, I'm very grateful for like the team that I'm on. Um, The team culture, team dynamic is incredible. I don't know what I would do without my best friends on that team. And also just the community at Brown is very welcoming. Everybody is very, very nice, willing to help and under any context. I really like that Brown doesn't kind of, I know at some other Ivy Leagues, they have a tendency to like pin their students against each other because it's like a very academically competitive environment. And although it's still very academically competitive here, um, they try to encourage collaboration and community more so. So in your classes, it's a lot less common for people to not want to help another person because they're trying to like benefit themselves, which I really like. Um, I think that that could create a very stressful and just like tense environment where you don't really feel supported or like one with your peers. Um, So I've just found that the community here is really great. I really love just like anyone that I've met is so, so, so cool. I will say that although the Ivy League has a very selective admissions process, they do do an incredible job at accepting very like fantastic people into the school. Like everybody that I've met has not disappointed in any way and just has so many like cool, like niche hobbies or interests or like, you know, some of my friends can speak like five different languages and I'm just like, that's so, so, so cool. So let's talk about uh, your daily schedule during the season. Uh, what's that mm-hmm. like? Yeah. So let's see. My daily schedule during season. Um, at Brown, it's typical to take four courses. So those courses, there's like 50-minute classes, like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or you have an hour and 20-minute classes um, Tuesday, Thursday. So depending on what my course spread is like, typically I try to split it two and two. So I'll have like two courses Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then another two courses Tuesday, Thursday. And I'll have, I normally have all my classes done by three o'clock because we start practice around 3.30 on average. Sometimes it varies. Um, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday. 
Um, and then we have Lyft Monday, Wednesday. Um, and then normally Saturday, Sunday, we're traveling and competing. So depending on where we're going, we'll be traveling one day or sometimes we'll travel the day of and then compete and then travel back, um, depending on how far the meet is. And then because I do vault, I have to go off campus to another facility. So on top of normal practice, um, about one day a week, we have to meet before practice starts and take these vans to this off-campus facility that has foam pits and softer landings for us because it's just not sustainable to be training a vault on the hard surface every single week. Um, and also the setup in our gym is just a little bit, it's a little bit crammed. So it would be kind of dangerous to be doing that in the gym, which is why they kind of send us off campus. But having to adjust to like just training vault once a week in season was definitely an adjustment. Yeah. Um, I was actually going to ask about that gym, uh, especially considering I've read stuff about it. Uh, so what is, the, what is the gym like? Yeah. As you said, it's small, but like, as someone who's actually been in there, how small really is it? It's definitely a humble abode. There is its, it has its pros and cons. I will say that all of the equipment that we do have is very high quality, and that that's never an issue. I think more of the issue is just the lack of soft landings and the lack of equipment and space in our gym. So basically every event is on top of the next. If you you know, fly out on a dismount on bars, you're going to be on the floor. Um, if you move a mat over the corners on floor to land on, you're going to be on the vault. Um, yeah, if you run out of bounds on floor, you'll either be hitting a wall or on the vault table. Um, and we only have two beams, only one beam you can actually dismount off of. And it, it is, in, when you are vaulting in the gym, uh, you start running like out of this hallway, which has like a ramp on it. it it's very, I will say it's very, very crammed. Um, and I think the biggest issue for us is the lack of just like soft landings at foam pits, which makes it really challenging to, well, first of all, for gymnasts who are, coming back from injuries it's very hard for them to get back because they don't have the proper facility that they need to kind of like ease back into the sport um it's a very abrupt like shock trying to go from like recovering from an injury injury straight onto like a hard landing like competition landing um and also just like for sustainability reasons it's you have to be really smart with your numbers in our gym because you can't your your body just can't physically take the hard landings every single day so our coaches have been working with us to try to like craft um, sort in assignments and schedules where we're not tumbling, we're not vaulting on hard every single day um, to just try to preserve our bodies for season. And you said that you do those soft landings like somewhere else, correct? Yes. Um, there's another gym off campus. It's called Ocean State. It's about, I'd say, a 20-minute drive um, off campus. And they have phone pits. So we use that gym to vault mainly in season. Okay, got it. Now, before going into anything else, this is one thing I haven't touched on yet, but I kind of sort of feel like out of all the people I might talk to, you might be the best person to start with. NIL, because you have been in college the entirety of the NIL era. So how yeah. ha have you been involved with doing any of that? Yeah, I guess with me, um, the fine line for NIL is a little bit, like, shaky because I have, like, a social media presence, but that presence isn't fully contingent on my athletic career. 
Like I'm not being publicized. Like although being an athlete is part of my identity on the internet, it isn't my whole like identity. I'd argue it's probably only like maybe like 25% of it. Whereas like a majority of it is just kind of like me and like my personality um, and just like me as a person. So with NIL, um, I haven't gotten a bunch of like athletic deals. A lot of the deals that I will sign with like brands are for other types of content that I post on my channel. For example, I had done um, a few back to school campaigns with Walmart, Microsoft, um, Case Defy. I'm not sure if you've heard about them. They're like a never heard the third case. Yeah, it's all good. Um, but I've done a handful of like brand deals with them, but they are like completely um, irrelevant, like athletics, if that makes sense. But I've also done other ones that are um, like I've done brand deals with Nike and Hoka um, and those kinds of brands that I guess you could argue are a little bit closer to like the athletic realm. But it's weird because when um, I'm like making these partnerships with brands, they're not reaching out to me solely because of my athletic image, if that makes sense. Yeah, like, I feel like you could argue somebody like Livy Dunn is signing a lot of her brand deals with the background of having a very athlete. Like, her brand image is basically, like, obviously herself, but more so that she is, like, an LSU gymnast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know if you know what team I cover, do you? I mean, I'm assuming LSU. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> That's yeah. kind of, it's like, yeah. See, sometimes I realize that I may not have informed people of this, and it's very fun. Um, the main thing I was wondering about NIL, though, is basically, so they just reach out to you. Um, what do you, do you have to do anything with the university in order to do that? Or is it just like all handled on your own? Yeah, um, I kind of keep them separate because the university had said to me that um, if it were relating to my athletic persona, I would have to go through them. But I also have a talent agent um, who's affiliated with this like talent management group in Los Angeles. And he's actually the person that gets me a majority of my brand deals. Uh, he does a lot of the like recruiting and um, just kind of like seeking out these different deals for me, which is really, really convenient because it kind of takes a big load off of me. And also, um, I don't have to worry about like the credibility of who I'm partnering with or like um, if I'm getting gypped or like ripped off in any certain phase of it. Uh, my talent agent kind of takes care of all of that for me, which is really nice. But as I kind of mentioned before, I think all of the brand deals that I've had are more geared towards my internet persona over my athletic image got it so let's move back into that athletic stuff and into where do you um do your meets by the way where do we compete like if we're yes. compete on campus yeah so we set up our um competition setup is in the basketball court beneath our gym so we're in this building it's called the pizzatola and it's just like a sports um building on campus and our practice gym is on the second floor and don't ask me why whoever built that thought that that was a great idea because we're kind of boxed in that's another issue with our gym like we can't really like dig down or really go anywhere because we're fully like on the second floor so that's where we practice but then beneath that is a basketball court and uh they just kind of like spread out a huge tarp across the entire thing so we don't scrape up the nice court and then they'll set up all of our equipment down there and that's where we compete What's the typical environment like for a home meet? Yeah. Um, as for like show out or just like the vibe of it? Uh, yeah, like the vibe. What's it? I don't know. What's the environment, the crowd, all that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, 
I will say that like our facility is kind of on the smaller side. So that has like its pros and cons to it. I guess the cons are like, obviously you can't take a very high capacity of people, but the pros are that it has a very homey and comforting environment. Um, I love, especially our first home meets, I think we get a really great show out around the beginning of the season because it's before everybody is really in the depths of their classes and their courses and midterms and all of that chaos. So a lot of people will want to come to our meets and watch them. Um, and I and I guess I'm like very biased, but in my opinion, I feel like gymnastics is a very entertaining sport to watch. So especially at the beginning of the year, um, show out from students is very high because they just it's something for them to do with their free time. And I guess we obviously we have another meet that we have um, at our gym that we host and it's called Rumble and Tumble. And it's basically a wrestling match and a gymnastics meet going on simultaneously. And it's definitely very interesting to watch. And that also yields a lot of show out because it's just it's chaos. I'm going to be so real. It's complete chaos. But people like to watch that. Um, I think students engage with it really well. And then obviously, depending on who our opposing teams are that we're competing up against, we'll have the the rival parents or family members coming as well. So uh, we had hosted Ivies and GECs, actually, which are which is our like two different conferences that we're in. Those meets especially were very, very packed. And because our facility isn't huge, um, it felt like the energy was very, very loud and like booming in there because um, it just it just echoed. Like there were people that didn't even have seats. Like it was those types of meets were great. And obviously conference meets are going to have the biggest show out. Um, But I'd say overall about our facility and just like the vibe of the meet, it's very homey, um, very comfortable. I don't feel super intimidated. And just because I've competed there so much as well, like it's just a very comfortable setting for me. Yeah, I'm actually going to ask about the Ivy Classic just because it is like that one opportunity every single year where all four Ivy League schools are on the same floor. Like what's the environment like there, especially with that aspect uh, being part of it? Yeah, Ivy's is always so much fun. Um, My, let's see. I think, okay, my freshman year, Ivy's was at Yale, and then my sophomore year, Ivy's was at Brown. Next This this year, it's going to be at Penn. Um, and it is, it's it's a very good meet. It's kind of, it's nice because only four of the Ivy Leagues, or only four of the eight Ivy Leagues have gymnastics programs. So it's kind of nice having that one moment a year where we're all able to come together and just like solely compete up against each other and just kind of have that um, distinction, which is really cool because we're all you know, going to schools in the same conference and able to kind of just like go to head to head with all that. So the energy is always super good for those meets. I arguably feel like Ivy's can sometimes be more hype than GECs, in my opinion, and that might be a hot take. But I I think it's just really cool being able to see all of the schools come together and kind of go head to head at it. Um, and Ivy's my sophomore year. Oh, that was great. I am so happy that we were able to host both the conference, so GCs and Ivy's at home um, two different times because that's just kind of a rare occurrence based off like the rotation of where who hosts. So I was really excited that we were able to do that. It was I because we won Ivy's um, last year as a team and that definitely I don't think I'll ever forget that moment. Um, would you say that's your favorite meet that you've ever been like on the floor for during your time? uh in college or is there another one that comes to mind like a specific meet like specific meet yeah i would say ivy is my sophomore year that definitely 
Yeah. That was just like a very like groundbreaking meet for both like me and my team. That was incredible. Yeah. So um, now, G- so GECs was at Brown this year, correct? GECs was at Brown my freshman year. And then freshman. my sophomore year, which was last year, we had Ibis. Ah, uh, okay. Well, um, let, let's talk about this year's GECs because uh, that was really good for you, especially because um, you won a couple of conference titles, so the vault title and the floor title, uh, and just win the floor. So let's let me first ask about the vault title because the floor title okay. is a whole separate thing. Okay. Um, do you just kind of want me to tell you about it? I mean, yeah, I, or you can talk about both of them. Honestly, I don't really yeah. know. Whatever you feel. Yeah, like I got you. Okay. Um. Yeah. So GECs was at William and Mary my last year. Um, and that was a really it was it was a really great meet for me personally. I was very grateful for that. Um. I think just kind of everything lined up for me, and obviously that's backed by like hard work. But a lot of gymnastics is honestly just like luck sometimes. Um. So the rotation was is that we started on vault, ended on floor. So that's both a good and a bad thing because I do both vault and floor. So when we start on an event that I do, typically they score lower, um, as you probably know, uh, just because they want to leave um, room open for people if they were to do a better vault than what they had just seen, they have room for that score. So I, this is actually the first vault that I had ever stuck in competition. It was crazy. I honestly wasn't expecting it this is kind of where I say I feel like I got a little bit lucky because it was just like the timing was perfect and I just came in at the exact right angle to just like stick it there um but that was so exciting I I had never done that before and it was just a weird intuition that I had right before I landed that I was like no I'm gonna stick this and it, it just boom it just worked and it was super exciting um the celebrations were so fun after because at conference meets they make everybody get in these things called the corrals mm-hmm so um, the team isn't allowed to be spread out everywhere. So just kind of running up to the team after that was super fun. Um, and also my coach and I and just everybody else as well on our team had talked about like, like maximize your celebrations to really just like almost gaslight the judges. She was like, that could be the worst turn that you've ever taken, but you're going to act like it was the best. And just kind of like um, build the energy off, like build energy off of each other so we can kind of just optimize the kind of scores that we're getting. Uh, so on vault, I got in uh, 985s which I think tied my PR on vault, which is really exciting. Um, and then we kind of, I had two off rotations because we ended on floor. And then when we had gotten around to floor, um, I don't know. I just, I didn't feel super stressed out. I actually was kind of sick that week. Um, but at the at that moment, the adrenaline was really pumping and I don't really tear. I was just kind of worried. And I was like, you know what? My coach likes to say this thing, like, end on empty, and I definitely ended on empty. I was completely gassed after that floor routine, but I really just tried to take it one step at a time each each way, and yeah, it, it's, it, I mean, gymnastics is such a subjective sport. I arguably feel like I had done a better routine than I had done at GECs, but I had scored the highest at GECs, and some of that is just situational with, like, oh, but we ended on floor, so just that whole thing about, like, they'll throw out the highest scores when you end on that event because that's the all you know all they have left so yeah it, it, it was really exciting though um when they flashed that score because i honestly wasn't expecting it because i didn't feel like that was the best routine that i'd ever done but i guess the judges viewed it other another way and and like 
because I haven't said it yet, and I don't think we've established this, the score is a 995, which was... The score was a 995. Yeah, which was the school record, which you had already tied the school record, and just, just let, I'm going to let you have the moment to tell people, who was that tied with again? Um, Alicia Zacharmoni. Yes, and uh, that, that would be the Olympian. So you broke <laughs> yes. Olympian's record. Uh, I just don't want you to have... We're not going to let that moment pass by without you <laughs> talking about that. So when you saw the score flash, just knowing that, was there something there about knowing you'd broken that record that kind of set in too? Or no? Yeah, I honestly, it kind of felt surreal for like the longest time. I, I feel like I still haven't fully processed how like that actually happened. Um but actually, one of my teammates had seen the score go up before I saw it go up. And I, I was just like, I had no words. Everyone like came over. I just felt the most love that I've ever felt for my team before. It was great. Um, that next to Ivy's is definitely another moment that I'll just never forget. It was incredible. It was also just like very exciting. And I felt like all of the hard work that I put in that season finally paid off. And it was like this big like final hurrah. And it was very exciting. So now moving on to this upcoming season, what are some of the goals for uh, y'all this season? Yeah, um, as a collective, I would definitely say we want to win Ivies again. We want to win GECs. We would love to have just a, a clean sweep of like all the conference conference championships that we go to. Um, that's kind of a given. I think we have a lot of like really great talent coming in with the freshmen that we have this year. And things are looking good. I'm, I'm very, very excited for this year. We have some really fun and exciting meets coming up. Um, we have a six-way meet that is our very, that's our season opener um, with like, I think it's at Fisk. Oh yeah. Uh, it's, it's in Tennessee. Yep. It's at Fisk or at least yeah. Fisk would be like the host institution. I saw that yeah. on the schedule and was like, ooh. Yeah. And so uh, that's super exciting. Yep. So. And uh, what about you? Some of your goals for this season? It's kind of hard to yes. beat nine nine five, but there is a tiny <laughs> bit of room. There is a little bit of room. Um, so this year, I'm really trying to open up the season with my new Florida team. So I don't know. Last year, um, I had started with a front through to double talk, and then a oh yeah, front through to double talk, double pike, and then two different sets of jumps, and that was my floor routine for half the season last year. And then the second half of the season, I had upgraded to the full in front through to double tuck and then one jump combination. Um, and I think that this, the new routine that I had done last year with the full in definitely increased my like scoring potential because I noticed with the other routine, I was kind of capped at like a nine, nine. I felt like I could never break beyond that just because like, although you technically start from a 10, just the skill level within the routine didn't really have that like wow factor that like pushed you above to give you like the scoring potential of anything higher than a nine nine. So I definitely noticed that even when I would do like, I guess on paper, like a worse routine with my full end than I would have done with my um, older team, I scored better because I think it just, um, the judges like to see you push yourself and they, they also like that it's not super um, repetitive. Like I know a lot of um, floor routines and then NCAA can sometimes get repetitive when it's just like, the double tuck, one and a half punch front or front line front full or just kind of like all of those passes that are on the same baseline. Um, so I really wanted to push myself to get like the harder routine. So this year, I definitely want to open up the season with the harder routine. 
because um, I think the scoring potential is just a lot greater. And I also just want to increase my odds for maybe potentially if I'm able to have a good season, being able to go to um, NCAA regionals. Seems so. Yep, that definitely sounds like it could be in the cards. You just, it's really all about consistency. Well, this has been... Yeah, this has been one of the longer interviews. That's not a bad thing. That's been great. You have been absolutely fantastic. Seriously, very good. Hmm, I can see why you're kind of popular. It's almost as if you're really good at talking and telling people. It's like, huh, wonder wonder how she does that. Oh, now I get it. And uh, I always give people I'm interviewing the last word. So as a final thing, what else do you want people to know either about uh, Brown or like as a university or the program or about like I, I don't even know what to say because it's not a small school because it's A, D1 and B, Brown ain't small at all but yeah. you know lo- lower in the rankings than the big schools schools lower in the rankings how about that? That makes more sense to me Sure Um, just to clarify do you want me to speak more on like the gymnastics side of it or the academic side of it? Honestly you can choose Whatever you feel like Um, you can speak to. Of course. So, although the academics and the people outside of gymnastics are really great at Brown, and I really am just grateful for this opportunity as a whole, I think the experience that has really made my college career here has been gymnastics. I am just, I I can't even, like, put it into words, um, the shift that I experienced when I went from club to college gymnastics. It was just... They feel like two completely different sports. First of all, it turns a very individual sport into a team sport, which is something I had never experienced before because a lot of the times at club, it's just like every man for himself. And it doesn't, you don't really feel like you have that team dynamic. We're in college. It really, really feels like you're finally on a team and you do have to work together um, to get where you guys want to be. And you're not able to do that alone anymore. So just kind of like being able to shift into that team dynamic was really exciting and a new experience for me, which I'm really grateful for. And then also just like the people, the people really, really make it here for me. My team is absolutely incredible. Um, I I know that I'm going to have these girls for life. Like they're so incredible. I've met some of my best friends on this team and like would not trade it for the world. I arguably like I wouldn't want to change where I am right now, even if I got the... So, hypothetically speaking, if I were to get the opportunity to go on to, like, a much bigger, more prominent gymnastics team in the country, but the team dynamic was worse, I would want to stay exactly where I am because these people are really what make the experience for me, and I'm just really grateful that I was able to bump into them. And that'll do it for this episode of Chalk Talk. If you want to learn more about Julia Beyond Gymnastics, go read the feature story on the Substack for Chalk Talk. You can subscribe there to get episodes of the show delivered at the same time as the written stories. I want to thank Assistant Director of Athletic Communications Tim Gear for helping set up this interview, the lovely Julia Bedell for taking the time to talk with me, and of course Gabby for helping out behind the scenes. Until next time, I've been Ben Schluter, and this has been Chalk Talk. Thanks for listening.